Good morning, it's 9.30 on Thursday the 9th of April 2020. This is Radioblogging.net and this is Podkin Thursday. Yo, yo, what up? This is Lunch Money Lewis. Hey, I'm John Newman. Hey, what's up? This is Fergie Ferg. Woo! Keep this frequency clear. A children's radio blogging show broadcast into homes and schools across the world. Join Pi Corbett, Russell Prue, Ian Rocky, and David Mitchell live each weekday at 9:30 a.m. Online radio live blogging. This is radioblogging.net. And a very good morning to you. My goodness, I'm so excited. We have brilliant brilliant content for you today and i am really pleased to uh be able to play some great music as well we've also got loads and loads on the audio padlets to share with you we've had a really good evening thank you so much indeed for everything that you've sent over to us uh you are listening to the fabulous radio blogging this is our thursday show our last show this week i know i know we're tearful but we'll get over it we'll leave you with loads of great stuff to get on with over the weekend and we're back with you on the tuesday but don't forget ian and i are with you on sunday for our easter sunday smooth tunes and that's coming at you at three o'clock on the website we'll also be reading your shout outs you can get in contact with us anytime we are radioblogging at gmail.com you can tweet me at Russell Prue or just at Radio Blogging if you want a shout out or a mention on the show. And you can text me on 07624 802 272. Texts are free for most mobile phones and your data is safe with us. Well, we have now got to introduce the fabulous Pie Corbett. Start the day with a slice of pie. This is radioblogging.net. And we are all waiting with bated breath, sir, to find out the next instalment of Gerald. What's happening? And good morning to you. Good morning, Russell. Well, as you know, I set up last night a trap with the hat, but Gerald didn't put an appearance in. So I thought to myself, right, I better first check his Twitter account to see what he's up to. No news on there. I wondered whether he'd cleared off. I thought, well, he's gone down the end of the garden. He's larking around with the other field mice down there. They're having a little party for all I know. But um, so I left it. And then, my this is absolutely on the nail. This is Gerald all over. I, I was hanging around um, last night, and my wife said, did you know there is a hole in the back of the fridge? No. And it's true. It is, yeah. I went to the fridge, and there is sort of down near the bottom, there's some sort of filter thing, and he's eaten his way through the filter no. and been going into the fridge and raiding from the cheese. We always keep a plate with some cheese on it no. and you can see little nibble marks. He's broken into the fridge. It, it's like breaking into Fort Knox or something or other. No. I mean, has there ever been a mouse that broke into a fridge from the back. I don't know. I've never no, heard of that that's before. That's dreadful. Go, Gerald. Uh, that's really, really bad. Well done, Gerald. Amazing. What kind of cheese was it, Pi? He's been nibbling with the can. <laughs> he's, been, he's ignored the cheddar. <laughs> he's, he's got expensive taste, this mm. boy. He's nibbling mm. the camembert. No, he went for the cheddar, actually. Okay. Um, I, he's of humble origins, this mouse. I'll have him out, you know. <laughs> Amazing. And then I thought, right, I'll get photographic evidence. So I started to remove stuff from the fridge and my wife said, 
what on earth are you doing? I said, I'm going to photograph where that blighter has got in. She said, no, no, I don't want anyone to see how I keep my fridge. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know she had personal rights over the fridge. That was her fridge. Where's my fridge? I want a fridge too. So if I can, I'll sneak photographic evidence and tweet it for you all. But he has broken into the back of my fridge. And I think that is absolutely outrageous. So I've been tweeting photos of cats and little gifts of cats uh, in order to threaten him, he better leave or else. You could try so a that- photo. You could try just a, a, you could try a photo in the fridge of a cat. So as he comes through the hole, you could have a photograph there right in front of oh, resting up against the cheese. How about that? Yeah. OK, I'll do that. And I'll I'll take a photo of the photo on the cheese and I'll tweet that so we can all see what's going on. But I've never heard of that. Before, and it's absolutely outrageous. He really, really is a cunning mouse so that's the update other than that all is good i phoned the um you know the aged aunt dogs are being well behaved and i've made my bed and um i've had my alpen no porridge yet because we don't go shopping till next week i've done my teeth i've got socks on the right foot that was a struggle this morning so apart from the fridge race like bank robbery isn't it really apart from that i'm fine and i think russell it's time that we went over to see how Ian is doing and if he's ready to play some games. Creative games. Play and try with Ian and Pie. Oh, very lovely. Thank you, Mike, for that introduction. Yes, I'm very well, thank you. It's great to be here again on this Thursday morning and I am ready to play. What are we up for first, Pie? Well, um, a game we used to play when I was a kid was animal, vegetable or mineral. And it, it, what we'll do is we'll just have a go once. So everybody at home has got the idea. Now, if you've not listened to the show before, Ian and I like to play three games at the beginning of the day. They're usually la- language games or grammar games or spelling or sound games. So we, we play a few games and then there's a space while we play some music and we have some shout outs so that you can have a go at the games at home. So the first one is animal, vegetable or mineral. So, Ian, um, let's make it simple. Okay. You cho- you choose an animal. Okay. Okay. But when you're playing the game at home, um, do animal and vegetable. That's easiest. But don't say what you're choosing. So uh, Ian has chosen an animal. He's thinking of an animal. Now, I've got to work out what the animal is by asking questions. So here we go. Does it have four legs? Yes, it does. Okay. Do you find them in houses? Sometimes. Is it a mouse? Yes, it is. <laughs> I was ask whether it was called Gerald or not. <laughs> okay, animal, vegetable, and mineral. It's a, it's, a, it's a fun game to do. Okay, let's go to the second one. This is our old friend, the alphabetical adjectives. And um, you can do it in a pretty competitive manner. Go as fast as you can. Now, because it's Podkin Thursday, and later on, Kieran Larwood, the author of Podkin, is going to be reading to us from Podkin One Ear and talking about his writing. I thought we'd choose Podkin and we'd just rattle through the sort of rabbit that Podkin is. So you've got to follow the ad- alphabet and we're looking for adjectives. So if I start us off, Podkin is an adventurous rabbit a bold rabbit a clever rabbit a daredevil rabbit an energetic rabbit a friendly rabbit a gorgeous rabbit a helpful rabbit an industrious rabbit 
A jovial rabbit. A kind rabbit. A loyal rabbit. A mischievous rabbit. A nimble rabbit. And an horrible, an horrible one. It's O again. I, I could never think of anything with O. Oh, it's my downfall. I've um, uh, I have lots of downfalls. Every now and then, my wife says to me, "That's one of your downfalls." <laughs> one day, I said to her, "Let's make a list of all pies' downfalls." It was fairly extensive. Um, <laughs> you'll understand. Um, and obviously, O is yet another downfall. Okay, so that's the alphabetic one. And that, uh, focusing on adjectives. Let's go to the five-sentence story. Now, if you think of the story mountain, Ian, we've got an opening. Okay. With the build-up where things start happening. And then at the peak of the mountain is some sort of problem, dilemma, mystery, or issue. Mm. I mean, you come down the slope of the mountain, the other side, you've got a resolution, the thing gets tied up. I mean, you've got an ending. So you've got a basic five-part story, which is quite a nice little pattern to have. Now, of course, nearly all stories don't regularly follow that pattern. They go up and down, up and down. But it, it's, it's a good starting point for us. So the first person, you can do it in fives, you can do it in twos, any number. You basically are going to say five sentences one for each section. Mm. Now, the first section is the once upon a time who bit. So that gives us a main character in a place. I'll just demonstrate that for you. Once upon a time, there was a rabbit called Podkin who lived in Grimheart Forest. And then the next section is one day. You need the word one. One day, morning, night, evening. Um, and that's where something happens. So we could say one evening he went out for a walk. Now we're at the top of the mountain, so this is the problem bit. So this is where we do an unfortunately bit. Unfortunately, the Gorm were out and about in the forest. Now we come down the side of the mountain, we need a resolution. Luckily, Podkin managed to hide in the trees, and then we need a finally bit. Finally, he made his way home and had a cup of bramble juice. So it's a once upon a time who, to get us going, one day, morning, night, to um, get the story moving, unfortunately, luckily, and finally. Okay, do you want to start or shall I? Um, I, I tell you what, shall I start? Uh, once upon a time, there was a mouse. Mm -hmm. well, you need a who bit now. Um, once upon a time, there was a mouse who lived at the bottom of a garden. One day, he's decided to go on an adventure. So he packed some cheese in his little knapsack and set off. Unfortunately, his route took him through the house of a famous author. Luckily, <laughs> the famous <laughs> author. <laughs> I'm thinking whether or not I dare introduce a cat into the situation. <laughs> Luckily, uh, for him, the famous author had a colossal fridge that was packed full of camembert and other tasty morsels. Finally, Gerald packed his knapsack to the absolute brim, took off on a holiday and left the famous author to duct tape the back of his fridge. Other tapes are available. <laughs> okay, so that's a five-sentence story. So... Uh, Everybody at home, you've got animal or vegetable. 
You've got, uh, and that's a nice questioning game. We've got the alphabetic adjectives for Podkin and a five-sentence story. So during this uh, section, Russell, this is where we break out with the music mm. and shout-outs on the go. Okay, we'll play some music first as well. The great starter games there, everyone. Absolutely love those. Absolutely love them there. Now, some music today, I think, has come has to come from our theme of the day, Rabbit, because uh, I thought it was very interesting. So, the uh, wow, they got really close to winning, actually, but not quite, from Britain's Got Talent. It's the D-Day Darlings with a lovely track. Love this. Run, Rabbit, Run. This will take you back. Wartime spirit and all that. You'll really enjoy this. And before we go to pie, let's have some shout-outs first. Thank you so much. And that was the D-Day, D-Day, darlings. Easy for you to say. <laughs> it probably is. Good morning to Mrs. S. Uh, just listening to Pi Corbett on radio blogging. Five-sentence stories and alphabet adjectives. Super ideas for when we return to school. And at home, Mrs. S as well, because lots of our listeners come from there. But thank you so much. Maria Richards, hello. I wrote a lesson using Podkin, one of my favourite books ever. Lesson here. She's shared the lesson for us. Thank you so much indeed. There's a link on there, and I'm going to retweet that in a moment for you followers so that you can follow and get that. Jamie Thomas, this was me this morning. He's happy, absolutely. Ed Boxall, loving the show. Classic games. We'll try them with my grumpy 13-year-old. My goodness, that grump setting in nice and early there. And Gerald the Miles has tweeted us this morning. Don't tell Pi Corbett, but I'm listening to radio blogging with my own magpie book, making notes on his plans. Good luck. Go, Gerald. Uh, really good as well there. Thank you so much indeed. Lots and lots of people. Uh, Hurstmont Junior School, the brilliant author of Podkin One Ear, uh, will be joining us today. Yes, he most definitely will. Can't wait for that. Ian, what have you got so far? Thank you very much, Russell. Coming up to uh, 12 minutes to 10 already. Let's get some shout outs in from the wall and also from the email. George says, my 13 year old sister has been listening since yesterday. Good morning, George. Welcome to the show. Sachin, welcome back. Loving the show. Been listening since the second day you launched it. Thanks for the show. You are incredibly welcome. Jake and Robin are ready to go. Erin, um, good morning. Hope you have a fabulous day. And to you too, Erin. Shout out to everyone listening from Stone School. Daniel says, this show is outstanding. I love it. Uh, it's my third time listening. Thank you so much. Miss Little, welcome back, Miss Little. Happy Easter to you all, especially Stone with Woodford School pupils and staff. Happy Easter to you too. Uh, also, Anushka, good morning. Ready for today's show. Fabulous. Josie, happy Easter. Haven't been listening for long, but love it. Well, we're glad that you do. Mrs. Murrin says, welcome Lola, Seb and Kate to your first radio blog session. Hope granddad's listening too. And Sachi says, Run Rabbit is what the whole of year three always sing in the whole uh, in the World War II song thing. Yes, it is well done indeed. Thank you so much. Uh, also got a shout out here for Layla. It says, hi, I'm Layla. I'm 10 years old. I'm from Chorley and I'm looking forward to taking part in the show. Well, welcome, Layla. Thank you so much for your shout out and you are most welcome. Oliver says, hi, can't wait for Podkin Thursday. Been listening from day one and it's my 11th birthday on Monday. Oliver, have a great day. You've been with us since the beginning and I hope you have a super, super day. Shreesha says, hi, I'm excited for Podkin Thursday. Don't know what the mouse is. I don't understand the mouse a bit. Keep listening. It's a theme. It's a thread which is going to run through, I am sure. Uh, hello to George. Hello to Neve. Hi, everyone. I've never read Podkin, but a few of my friends have and it looks good. It is. Make sure you get into it over the easter 
Bethany, little bit of an O advice here for Pi. O could have been ostentatious, obeying, or opulent. Good words, Bethany. She's nine. Thank you so much with your vocabulary advice. Toby says, hello, Pi. I think I found Gerald's hole on our walk yesterday. God, we need to get in touch with him. We need to put you two together so you can help Pi out there. Leon says, I can't wait for Podkin Thursday because yesterday when I did the palette, I had lots of likes. That's what it's all about. Teddy, a returning listener from Upton St. Leonard. It's my 12th day. Hello to Pi. Alexandra says, hi, hope everyone's doing well. I started from day one and I'm loving it. Lewis says, is Gerald a naughty mouse from mm. Stone School? Mm, well, if jury's out, it could well be. Uh, Bethany and Toby, naughty Gerald. He visited our picnic yesterday. Yes, I remember. We gave you a shout out on your picnic. You were worried he might. Goodness me, he's going to be putting on some weight with all the food, isn't he? Bethany, can we have a shout out for Tatsfield School? It's my seventh day. So excited for Popkin. My mum, Claire, is screaming. Well, good morning to you both. And Lewis has started listening really early. We do get lots of early listeners. And we've also had a text. Good morning, gentlemen. Great gamers again. Do you think Gerald is a toothless mouse? Has he only gone for the softer cheeses on the plate in the fridge? I'm <laughs> back to you now at this point. <laughs> he's a rogue, that's for sure. I don't know if he's ostentatious, but he's a rogue for sure. The the if you've only just joined us, the thing about Gerald is he he suddenly appeared in our house uh, a few days ago, and uh, initially he was just a mouse, and then we made the mistake of giving him a name. So now he's a mouse, a mouse with character, and I, and I'm battling against him, trying to trap him and take him down the bottom of the garden, and he has broken into the back of the fridge, and it is outrageous. Now, folks, those of you who have not joined us before, and Kieran, I know that you're listening, Kieran Larwood, the uh, author of the wonderful book uh, series about Podkin. Uh, if you go to the very top, Kieran, you've got to look for along that menu, <clears throat> you've got to click on today's show. That's fairly important. And we'll come to the first activity in a moment. But at the end of each day, there is an opportunity for children to record something which we read in the following day. And this is breaking news, Russell, isn't it? Breaking news, which gets us into the whole theme of the day. What have you got for us today, Russell? Oh, the widest and the best choices we've ever had so far. This is, and congratulations to all of you that have made the show today. Let's start with Morgan. Breaking news, Gorm attack. We are sorry for disturbing your programme, but we have just received urgent news that the dreaded Gorm have been sighted in Grimheart's forest. Local rabbits awoke to the sound of grinding blades, stomping feet and spine-chilling screams. Rabbit sentries reported that colossal groups of Gorm were marching towards the warren, armed with shiny new weapons. Rabbit warlords believe that Scrammershank has recruited this army which is preparing to attack. Do not engage with the Gorm if you see them, as they are highly dangerous. Thank you for listening. I absolutely love that. I like the way you've written it. I like the way that you read it. You were well paced, you were crystal clear, and you know the book as well. Uh, excitingly done. 
Have we got another one in the can for us? We have indeed. And Ria's been on the show before, but and we absolutely love this one. So here's Ria's. Hello. Rabbit reports from Redwater Warren on Bramble Eve. A fearless, flesh-eating troop of gone riders has been spotted storming destructively through the forest on their ironclad rodents. The entire population of Grimheart is advised to flee their homes and evacuate to other burrows immediately. Several brave lookouts on patrol earlier tonight have reported sounds of screeching metal and ominous clanking. Mumbury Warren have just been contacted by the soldier rabbits of Moontree Forest to inform them that the hot oil trails lead directly towards their burrow. If you spot the GORM, contact GORM Evacuation 29 Pogkin to report. Wow, that was amazing, Ria. Well done. Beautifully read aloud, uh, rich with language. You know the book uh, incredibly well. You, you read it with good pace, good power, good clarity. Uh, and all the adjectives were really well chosen. The whole thing hung together. Fantastic stuff. What else have we got, uh, Russell? Two more still to come. Here's George. Breaking news. We are interrupting Coronation Street to say that the Gorm have been spotted near Redwater Rock Warren scouring the area for rabbits. They are very distinctive from other rabbits because they wear iron armour which rabbits find difficult to work with. So far they have taken over nine warrens including Shackledown Warren and Mumbry Warren. They are highly dangerous with, with axes and swords so stay out of their way. This is it from the news. I love that. I love that. And I, lo- I love the way you ended it. This is from the news. <laughs> so nice little rounding off. I love the detail in there. You've all done your research well. And I think we've got a rather special final one, haven't we, Russell? We have indeed. This is from Rosie. And what impressed us the most here is that she is six years old. Have a listen to this. We are interrupting this news to give you even more news. We are doing live to our starfish reporter, is in Pineapple Forest. The dorm have moved from Pitch Dark Beach to Grimheart Forest. Luckily, all the rabbits have moved into Pineapple Forest to hide from the dorm. However, the dorm are now believed to be heading in that direction. This is bad because the dorm will destroy everything in their path, including the trees, and we do not want the nature to be destroyed. Someone will have to find a way to, of stopping the dorm. Well read, uh, Rosie. I loved that. And I loved the emphasis you gave. Someone will have to find a way of stopping them. Absolutely, someone would. And now we go, Kieran, to the first activity. Thanks, everybody, for joining in with Breaking News. We will come to that right at the end of the programme so that you can have another chance of recording. And the recording will appear um, on next Tuesday, which is next time we're on. Now, if you scroll down, folks, you can see activity one. There's a picture of a grim forest there. And this is called a padlet. And the idea is we're going to put some scary sentences, some suspense sentences. Podkin is absolutely packed with suspense. 
uh, a really exciting edge of the seat adventure. So we're going to create some suspense sentences and post them up on here. And in a few minutes, there will be hundreds on here. And in order to do that, this, if you've never done it before, look at the Padlet and you will see a pink circle with a plus mark on it. Uh, click on that and up comes a little box and it says title. So in the title bit, you write your name. So I'm writing pi. OK, you drop down. It says write something. So I've now moved the cursor down to there. And now I create my uh, scary sentence. So uh, in Grim Forest. Now I'm thinking about the details here. I'm thinking about the mist, maybe. I'm thinking about the shadows. I'm thinking about the trees, the sounds that I might hear. Um, I'm going to go for shadows. So I'm going to say um, uh uh, dark shadows. I know they're all dark, so I might have to change that. Dark shadows shifted. Dark shadows shifted. Touch of alliteration there. Dark shadows shifted. Let's get a simile on the go. So we build a picture for the reader. Dark shadows shifted like strange um, wraiths. Wraiths. W-R-A-I-T-H-S. Like strange wraiths. Sort of ghostly figures dark shadows shifted like strange wraiths in the uh, lost in the mist how about that lost in the mist do you notice how when i'm composing it i keep sort of saying it aloud i test it out to see whether or not it works so um, now i've done it i now reread it and this has been this has been important to us kieran because we've you, you will see when the padlets come up when the ideas come up people are absolutely full of creative thoughts and ideas and trying language out sometimes in the excitement of it we miss a word out or we do <clears throat> you know miss a capital out or whatever it is so we're now in the habit of rereading before we post dark shadows shifted like strange wraiths lost in the mist okay i'm pleased with that then i click on the padlet boom and it says awaiting approval and what happens is david <clears throat> and ian are looking at these uh, it's David's job in the main, I think, of right and saying we'll come to him in a minute and uh, approving them. So everything is safe. Everything is double checked before it um, it goes up. So that's the challenge. Let's get some suspense sentences. If you're stuck for starting, you might just say in Grim Forest, comma, I saw or I heard or I noticed or I found or I touched. So you could use that as a starter or just pick out a detail and write us a suspense paragraph. Now, what we'd normally do at this point, um, David, if we go to David next um, and then back to Russell and we can have a breakout. So, David, is there anything else to say about using the Padlets for those who are new? Well, you covered everything there, Pi, really. I mean, it's just a case of having a go, um, being fussy about what you are writing. So Pi's advice is always to choose your words really carefully and make sure um, these words are earned. They earn their place in your sentences. Mm. But I can't stress enough um, about going and just checking before you submit it. Just go and check because when we mention about the basics and we remind children about the basics, we get a huge increase in quality in the basic mm. quality. Um, so do check. Um, and, you know, it's a time to show off. Show off some of those words you've been learning, mm. some of the strategies that you've been taught over the last few weeks, and uh, have a go. And do, if you like one of them, 
click on the like. Let's give each other some likes as well on the post-it. So my life gets horrendously busy for the next 15 minutes. Um, I'm going to uh, pa pass over back to you, Pai, um, and I'll start approving these. Okay, great work. And already I can see some have appeared. Now, Kieran, you will be wondering what I'm saying because you do need to refresh the page. And when David first told me about refreshing the page, I hadn't got a clue what he meant. But what he means is, if you're not familiar with it, look at the very, very top of your screen. You can see a long rectangle there. And in the middle, it says radioblogging.net. If you look to the right of it, there is a semicircle with an arrow. If you click on that, the whole thing and bingo, suddenly up come one, two, three, four, five, six. We've already got seven. And um, Russell, not Russell, uh, David will be now absolutely bombarded with hundreds of sentences. We've got Eva, the mist slowly howls, it slipped around the terrifying trees. Uh, um, Tutsil and Nera, like vampires hung with cobwebs, the trees waited for the light. Francesca, the grim forest was so foggy that no one could ever see where they could go. Lewis, in grim forests, there are grim reapers everywhere and human bodies lying on the floor. Ooh, scary. Rayon, in grim forest, there is a deadly disease called the disease of blizzard, a dead king's ghost. Oh, really, really gory. Zaid, as I crept along the twisted trees, the shadows closed in on me. The trees were whispering death. The forest went silent. Something rustled. I ran with electric pace and scream. The trees echoed every word I said. Just reread that. I think a little bit of punctuation might be needed uh, to help the authors, i.e., but I'm going to give you a tick there. I love the way you've got in something rustled, that short, tight, punchy, ominous sentence. And that empty word, you're not telling us what it is. You're letting our imaginations work. So that word something. We talked about that before. Remember, folks, empty words hide what it is. Something, it, somebody, a shape, a figure, an outline, a silhouette, empty words. Russell, have you got some music for us while everyone's working? You bet I have. It's three minutes past ten and there are two mysteries of the world. The amount of expertise coming from the fabulous Pi Corbett on technical stuff and how many times we thought we could get away with playing this. Welcome to Radio Blogging, daily shows with interactive activities to keep everyone busy and engaged. Brought to you by Pi Corbett, David Mitchell, Ian Rocky, and Russell Prue. Just listen and blog. It's live, fun, and interactive. And with new educational tasks every day, just head over to radioblogging.net to listen and find out more. Certainly as you're listening to the fabulous Pi Corbett, Deputy Mitchell, Ian Rocky and myself, Russell Prue. This is Radio Blogging. It's Thursday the 9th of April and this is our last show this week. I know, we've got some great work for you and still some great content and some music to come from our great artists and some user-generated music from the fabulous Rachel Orla, who I know has just joined us. Uh, good morning to you all and thanks so much indeed if you're a school for putting us on your list of things to do in the holidays and resources for home learning we're really very grateful and don't forget if you're looking at a list of these resources and it doesn't have us or joe wicks on it it's an old list ian what are the shout outs 
Thank you very much indeed, Russell. Yeah, gone straight to the shout-out wall. Don't forget, you can still get in touch with the show by going to contactradioblogging.net, which is at the top of the blog page. Click on that, and you can add to the Padlet, which so many of you are now doing, and we are very grateful. Miss Little says, Pi. I hope you're going to pay Gerald for being a star on your show, maybe in cheddar cheese and for <laughs> Easter, a piece of chocolate. What a treat that would be. Uh, happy birthday, Oliver, from Monday. Have a super smashing day. Sachi says, I just checked out Gerald's Twitter page. Easy for me to say. Uh, yes, indeed. He does have a Twitter page. It's at the mouse Gerald approaching 40 followers. It took me about six months to get that many. So, Gerald, you go. Mrs. McCalmont says, say a shout out for Lewis from Stone School, who has listened and written every day. Well, well done to you for doing that. And finally, before I head back to Pipe, I have got a tweet, uh, which a text rather, which says, been an avid listener since day one, gentlemen, loved every single minute, shall miss your show over the weekend, but hope you all enjoy a well-earned break with your families. Happy Easter, everyone. Well, thank you so much for getting in touch. Don't forget, Russell and I are back on Sunday with our All Request Sunday from three o'clock. Some lovely, easy, upbeat tunes to ease you into your Easter Sunday afternoon. Do join us from then. The time coming up to eight minutes past ten. It's now back to part and on to Padlet number two. Great. And uh, we can see, um, Kieran, if you're looking there on Padlet one, if you keep refreshing, there are literally hundreds of um, hundreds of entries there. And we do encourage um, mums and dads and um, we get writers, we get teachers. Uh, there's Mrs. Johnson from Edinburgh. In grim forest, whispered truths swirl sonorously. That's a big word. I'll have to look that one up. Um, so we do encourage adults as well to join in uh, and create. Now we're going to Padlet 2, which is the one below Padlet 1, funnily enough. And you can see it says Magical Gift. Now, part of the adventure uh, of Podkin, those of you who don't know it, um, there are magical gifts which may help, but they also have a bit of a downside sometimes as well. But we're now going to create some magical gifts. So if you were on a journey or if you knew somebody on a journey, on a quest, on an adventure, what magical gift would you give to them? So it's the same procedure. What you do is you go down to the uh, circle and you click on that and up comes the little box and then you put your name in at the top. That's important so we can give you a shout out when we read some of them out. And then you drop the cursor down and you write your magical gift. So I'm going to put in um, something along the lines of um, on a magical journey. Uh, no, as a magical gift, I would take an invisibility cloak. So I'm just going to type that in and then I double check that I've got it right. And then I click and it wait, awaits approval. So by now, I know lots and lots of you will be inventing magical gifts. Now, make your mind expand a little bit the obvious ones i went for an obvious one uh, i'm old i've got my bus pass i'm allowed to do that but but most of you are young you're fresh so really think on this the obvious ones are going to be cloaks rings magical lanterns what else could we have magical shoes um what about um what else could we have? a magical hat i definitely take some sort of magical hat but what would the magical hat do a magical torch what would that do a magical stone what would that do a magical leaf from a tree what would that do 
a magical radio what would that do so we could have things out of nature like rocks and stones and branches and leaves and creatures you could take a magical bumblebee what would that do so be adventurous with your choices take things from nature take everyday objects take things that you can see in the room look out of the window and get an idea so fire away with your magical gifts and uh, while this is going on, we usually have a bit of a musical interlude, don't we, Russell? Maybe some shout outs. I don't know. And then we'll be into hearing Kieran, who is the author of Podkin One Ear. But what have you got lined up for us now, Russell? I have a musical treat for you, Pi. One of our favourite listeners, Rachel Orr. She's an avid listener and brilliant singer. We've heard her voice a couple of times on the show and she writes beautifully as well. Well, she sent this in last night. It's a song. She's going to be looking for a recording manager or a, a record deal after this. Have a listen to this. Uh, it's on the website as well for you to listen to as well. It's gorgeous. Rachel, thank you so much. Fascinating. Enjoy this, listeners. A field mouse went wandering, and what did he spy? An open door leading to Shea Cottage Pie. He squeaked every morning, how lucky am I? Living by the boiler in the home of Shea Pie. Pie saw a mouse, where? There on the stair, where on the stair? Right there, a little mouse called Joe. Well, I declare, he will forage in the porridge. Oh, yeah! There's a mouse in the house, not a moose on the loose, or an owl on the prowl. Just a mouse in the house, not a lobster or a mobster, not a rat nor a cat, not a stoat or a goat, just a mouse in the house. I saw a mouse, where? There on the stair. Who will forage in the porridge bowl? Oh, yeah. Not an otter on the potter, not a louse on the loose, nor a rabbit with a habit, nor a Scot who's called Bruce, not a zebra on a crossing, not a pancake for tossing, not a fox in a box, just a mouse in the house. I saw a mouse. There on the stair, where on the stair, right there, a little mouse called Gerald. Well, I declare, he will forage in the porridge, oh yeah. He developed an itching and entered the kitchen, located the pantry and the porridge within. But Gerald got lonesome, being on his bosom. A friend would be lovely to share every crumb. I saw a mouse, where? There on the stair, where on the stair? Right there, a little mouse called Gerald. Well, I declare, he will forage in the porridge oh yeah. A field mouse went wandering, and what did he spy? An open door leading to Shea Cottage Pie. Well, Rachel, what can I say? Just amazing. Uh, absolutely stunning. 
what have we started gentlemen what have we started it is amazing when listeners produce something like that rachel are absolutely splendid and i hope you don't mind i've popped that onto the website every now and again folks will be treated to that on an unexpected kind of fashion it'll just jump out at them and surprise them we love that here thank you so much it was rachel Orr and the secret song for pie gerald the mouse amazing expect that to chart any moment now ian <laughs> what have you got Thanks very much indeed, Russell. It's fabulous, isn't it? Love, love, love the listener interaction. The time is now exactly a quarter past ten on this Thursday, the 9th of April. Good morning. You're listening to radioblogging.net. And I've got a shout out from Bethany. I love Podkin. It is so magical. It really is magical, isn't it? We've got some lovely stuff coming in this morning. Uh, We've also got another text to say... um, is um, gnawing through the back of the fridge. Maybe uh, Gerald's lost his teeth through gnawing through the back of the fridge. It's running this one through him losing his teeth. Uh, and annoying through the back of the fridge maybe that's why um, Marnie commenting we're going to come on to comment corner shortly um, I really like the, the fact that you're using a piece of writing I could tell you love animals this is lovely we've got children commenting on each other's work as well we're going to come on to that shortly with comment corner do keep your uh, comments and your emails and your shout outs coming in you can use the contact page contactradioblogging.net you can email radioblogging at gmail.com haven't had so much thrill on the email this morning but you can do that of course and you can also text russell on 07624802272 all of those will come through to the studio and we would love to give you a shout out before this show finishes today in within the next 25 to 30 minutes or so because of course we won't be back until next tuesday apart from sunday's all request show as well pi back to you um i love that song thank you uh, rachel wrestling on the old joanna there um bethany who's nine and maggie the rabbit i would grant them the power of being able to grow plants with one stroke of a green dagger maggie would give them the power of the smell of a rabbit uh, lots and lots of ideas there remember uh, kieran you have to refresh the page and up they pop yasmin and aya who have been uh, with us for a long time and i know every day uh, get over to the radio after they've been doing their exercise um, and follow us and then very often post a tweet with their writing so I can see it. Thank you for that. As a magical gift, I would take a rainbow unicorn so I could fly over the rainbow. And CJ, as a gift, I would have a marble that immediately transports you to a special place, to a safe place. Uh, Shrisha, as a magical gift, I would take a magical pencil which would make anything real when I draw in the air. I love that idea. It reminds me a bit of um, the magic paintbrush, the Chinese story. Now we come to a special bit because Kieran Larwood, who used to be a reception teacher uh, on the Isle of Wight, and I know did some work on talk for writing in his classroom um, uh, because we've chatted about this. But Kieran's wonderful uh, book, uh, Podkin, has captured uh, the imagination of children across this country and indeed around the world. Fabulous series of books. And um, what we do at this particular point Russell, we're going to hear, aren't we, Kieran reading. And then if you look under the second padlet, everybody, there is an orange box that says Kieran's reading response. So what we do is we click on that and another padlet appears, a rather beautiful picture of the sea. And we're going to listen to Kieran reading. And after he's read um, or even during, we post up a response. And this is an opportunity to let the author know what you liked about it, 
what struck you during the reading, um, how it was read, uh, which ideas really worked in your imagination, what it made you think, what it made you feel. We just give a response here. Uh, and Kieran, afterwards, you can read them all through. It's a lovely thing to do. And then you can write a reply back um, and leave something up there as well. So, uh, Russell, I think I'm right in saying that um, Kieran read from the very beginning. Is that right? Yes, he did. And and that's uh, to prevent it from spoiling uh, anyone at all. But he does set the, t- the story so beautifully. This is radioblogging.net. Uh, hi, my name is Kieran Larwood. Um, I write The Legend of Pock in One Ear and the Five Realms series of books. They are fantasy books about a world where only rabbits live, uh, kind of really inspired by, by Tolkien and other fantasy writers like that. Um, and my rabbits, they live in different warrens. Um, and my hero, Pockin, he's the, the son of a chief, so he knows when he grows up he's going to become the next chief. Uh, and that, he, that means he's very lazy. Um, he doesn't try very hard. Uh, at the start of the story, he's not the, not the greatest of rabbits. Um, but then a terrible enemy come and they, they, they attack his warren and kill his father. And he has to go on a quest to kind of save the rabbit world. So I'm going to read a bit from the beginning, which is um, Pockin's in his warren. It's Bramblemas Eve, which is a bit like Christmas Eve. The whole warren's having a big party, uh, but the villains are about to appear and his whole world is about to go horribly wrong. So it came to pass that on a Bramblemas Eve, much like this one, Pockin One Ear, although technically two ears at this point, was sitting upstairs in the wooden gallery that ran around the edge of Munbury Longbury. He was lazily pushing around the toy wagon, munching on a stolen piece of cornbread and daydreaming about the midwinter rabbit who would be visiting that night, hopefully with a sackful of presents. What are you doing up here, Pod? His sister had tiptoed up the stairs and was now glaring at him. Pockin's little brother Pook was nestled in the crook of her arm, chewing away at a carrot. Mother sent me to get you. They're about to have turnip soup and dance the bramble reel. Pockin yawned deliberately. Oh, the bramble reel. How exciting. He took Pook from her and tickled his tummy. He could hear all the festivities in the hall below and had absolutely no desire to join in with them. Oh, please stand aside so I can rush down the stairs and prance about like a prize pudding. If you don't come down, you're going to be in trouble, said Paz. Do you have any idea what it takes to be chieftain? Nobody will want to follow a lord who spends all his time tickling his baby brother, playing with toys and hiding away in corners daydreaming. Pockin was about to leap on Paz and pull her ears when the warren horn began to sound. The three young rabbits rushed to the edge of the gallery and looked down onto the hall. Soldiers were grabbing spears and shields, children were being herded into the corners and their father, Chief Lopkin, was striding towards the borough entrance, drawing his sword his great silver broadsword that everyone thought was magical. No winter rabbit, no winter rabbit, Pook shouted, trying to wriggle free. It's not the midwinter rabbit, Pook, said Podkin, the argument with Paz forgotten. It looks like trouble, and trouble doesn't leave presents outside your burrow at night. Frightened murmurs were drifting up from the crowd below. A rider, a lone rider coming, and then a rider wearing armour, iron armour, and finally it's the Gorm, the Gormer here. This last shout caused mass panic. Pockin could see his father yelling, but his voice was swallowed up by the hubbub. Pod watched Lopkin breathe deep and then bellow, Silence! The whole long barrow instantly froze, hundreds of scared eyes turning to Lopkin, 
He stood amongst them, his magic silver sword flashing. He let the silence stand for a moment before speaking in as calm a voice as he could. A rider approaches, true, a gorm, true, but it is a lone rider and he carries the white flag of peace. We will let him enter and hear what he has to say. The sound of the heavy oak entrance doors opening echoed down the warren. The rabbits in the longborough pressed back against the walls. Spears were raised, breath was held, something was making its way along the entrance hall. Will it be okay, Paz? whispered Podkin. I don't know, Pod, Paz replied. Father has his sword. The look in her eyes was enough to make Podkin truly afraid for the first time in his short life. Chief Lockkin called out the traditional greeting to the darkness of the tunnel. Enter, stranger, and be welcome on this Bramblemas Eve. Clank, screech, grinding metal, followed by the clump of heavy leather boots. It seemed the rider had dismounted whatever had been carrying him and was now coming down the entrance tunnel on foot. One hundred and fifty terrified rabbits all held their breath. Clank, screech, Pook began whimpering. They could now see something moving in the darkness of the tunnel. Torchlight from the great hall caught on metal and bounced back in orange glints. Enter, Lockkin called out again. We mean you no harm. With a final grinding squeal, the figure emerged and leapt from the tunnel to land in the centre of the warrior's circle. The rabbits had all heard terrifying tales of the gorm, but none had done the real thing justice. This wasn't a rabbit any more. If it ever had been, it was now something else entirely. A walking slab of metal and meat pierced through with rusty thorns and nails. Its armour overlapped in sheets of jagged, dented iron, mottled with rust and splashes of dried crimson that looked very much like old blood. Its head was completely covered by a helm, dotted all over with cruel, shard-like spikes and curved metal horns that almost scraped the ceiling. From the shadowy eye slits, two dim, scarlet pupils glowed. Pockin was so scared, he wanted to cry. Worst of all was the thing's jagged black iron sword, that and the skulls that hung from its belt. Rabbit skulls, painted all over with evil-looking wounds. Skulls of all sizes, including ones that looked like children's. The gore rabbit turned his head to and fro, taking in the warren's inhabitants, before resting his gaze on Lopkin himself. I don't want your welcome, the deep voice echoed inside his iron shell. I came to tell you I am taking your warren, that and your magic weapon. This is radioblogging.net, broadcasting live across the planet. Okay, well, you can tell that Kieran used to be a teacher because that that was a fabulous reading. And I found myself remembering how when I was a child, I loved being read to. Always the best time of day, we'd have story of the day, settle down, and the teacher would read. You just go off into that other world. Um, scary, scary stuff. Uh, some of that book. Really exciting. Edge of the seat. Some great hero and heroine there. We've got um, Podkin. Um, we've got Pook. Uh, wonderful, wonderful book. I uh, loved hearing that. Thank you ever so much. And um, as, we, as I was saying, <clears throat> get um, some responses up there for Kieran to the book. Um, and while we're doing that... We move over to Comment Corner uh, with David, because if you click on Comment Corner, folks, you go in and you can see there um, some comments that you're going to give a shout out to. Um, I think I'm right in saying Finley gets the first one. Is that right? 
That's right, Pi. Yes, um, we. If you, if everyone goes up to uh, where we got today's show, um, and in that section there's a button. If you scroll down, that's called Comment Corner, and this is a. It's becoming a daily feature now, and really because of the importance of what comments mean to us, and I say us as adults and as children as well, um, and. It just, it's like I said yesterday, it's the validation that somebody real has read it. Um, so many people uh, or children up and down the country are writing in their books and, you know, only one person seen it, the teacher. And I remember in my class, just before we started, my class had a boy called Thomas. And Pi, I think you'll probably mm. remember Thomas. I do. Um, mm. He was a great character. And, mm. uh, you know, you need characters like this in every class. And I remember he was, um, he really struggled to use punctuation in his writing in his books, really struggled. And I kept on going on about it in his marking and, you know, even stuck it on his table, some little targets for him. And every time he wrote, he'd still forget to use punctuation. And he... Um, wrote a football match report about Bolton Wanderers. I think they got beat by Manchester United quite predictably uh, back about 10 years ago, this would have been. And um, he wrote a blog post about that. And uh, a gentleman from Australia, um, Mr. Gilbert was his name, actually, I remember this. It was, uh, he wrote a comment for him saying, you know, oh, I'm from Bolton. Uh, nice to know that Bolton, you know, really tried. I do support Bolton, but Manchester United were much, you know, much a better team. You know, thanks for writing the report. Just one little tip, Thomas. If you just uh, make sure you try and use some punctuation, it would, it would help the reader. And from that moment, Thomas started using punctuation in everything, on his, on his books, uh, on the blog, and as his, as his teacher who'd been on about this for about four months, I was slightly annoyed. Um, and I remember uh, having a little chat with Thomas to say, why, why, you know, Mr. I've been on about this for months and Mr. Gilbert turns up from Australia and leaves you this comment and suddenly you're, you're leaving comment, you're leaving, uh, you're using punctuation. I said, why, what, what, what was the difference? And he looked at me like I was, like I was a bit stupid to be honest. And he just <laughs> looked at me straight in the eye and he said, well, it's because you're not real, sir. <laughs> said, what do you mean you're not real? He said, well, you're, you're just a teacher. Mr. Gilbert gave up his spare time to leave me that comment, and I want to improve for him. And, I, you know, although I was slightly, my heart was sinking inside, um, I thought, well, we need more Mr. Gilberts. And this is what it's about. Uh, we have all these people, all this audience, these hundreds of thousands of people who are visiting, and we've got a comment team of people that are leaving comments as well. It's fantastic to see. And one of my favourite things I do every evening is to go through and just pick out some that sh show different examples of what comments are all about. And so we've got six here, and myself and Ian are just going to go through these like shout-outs, really. You can see... Um, there you can see we've got links to them. So if you want to go and have a look, you can do. But the first one I want to say, well done, a shout out to Finlay. Uh, Finlay left a comment to Carol. Now, Carol Allen uh, up in the Northeast is a fantastic uh, teacher and works with a lot of schools. And she's one of our volunteers who goes and leaves comments. And yesterday I highlighted Carol, one of Carol's comments about how she'd re uh, commented on Finlay's blog post. But last yesterday, Finley came back and replied to Carol with some improvements. And if you click there, you'll be able to see that. And so a big shout out to Finley for doing that. That's a great aspect of comment that you can go and check on your blog posts and leave replies to people who are leaving you comments, which is fantastic. So well done, Finley. Great to see that happening. Uh, number two, we got uh, Sachi. Um, she uh, left a comment for Dev's blog post and really concentrating on engaging in that conversation. So well done, Sachi. Uh, we got number three there, Miss Liddell, uh, a comment to Bella. 
um, some brilliant advice and some questions that are really testing Bella. So Bella, if you are listening, do go back to that blog post and leave Miss Liddell a comment back. Um, Ian, over to you for the next few, please. Thank you very much indeed. Oliver, who's been a regular listener, has left a comment on Ruben's blog post. Well done to you, Oliver. There's a shout out because um, he's tried hard to use the one, two, three. Remember that graphic at the top that uh, Deputy Mitchell talks about regularly? So important. One, two, three. Those nine words for writing quality comments. Also, Marnie, shout out to you, has left a comment on Shreesha's blog post, which is great encouragement always for the author and really does give them uh, a lot of inspiration. And finally, Holly has replied to Sachin's comment on her blog post and it's great to reply and create a dialogue when you are effectively talking to somebody about a blog post that has been written and the fact that you're checking your blog post for updates as well and as we do in comment corner on a daily basis I'm now going to hand back to David who I think with Pi is going to go through improving a comment David back to you Thank you, Ian. Now, yes, Pai, uh, yesterday when we talked around comments, we mm. took a comment um, that had been submitted and we tried to work on making it better. And there's a comment that came in yesterday from someone who did take some of that advice. And you can see just where it says comment to improve, there's mm. a comment that says you have done really well. Mm. I liked the word crazy. Mm. So someone who's really tried to uh, tell the author something that they did well. And I was wondering whether we could improve that even further. So what tips have we got for our listeners when they're going to leave some more comments shortly to make comments like that even more effective for the audience? Yeah, I like the fact that it's positive. That's always good. Um, and it goes a step further because we know what it was uh, that the uh, reader liked. So we've taken out um, one particular bit. I think we could go a little bit of a step further in terms of what we like. It's not often, it's not just a word, it's how it affects us as a reader. So try and take that comment a step further. But we've also got the whole notion of engaging or talking with the author in terms of raising questions, asking a how or a why or a when or a what. And then you've got the business of making a suggestion for improvement. So it might be that you identify a bit where you think it falls apart, doesn't quite work for you and say, perhaps um, I'm not certain about your last line uh, and then come up with some ideas. When I taught, I always used to say, look, don't make a critical comment if you haven't got some suggestions. So come up with a few suggestions. I think it's good to give two or three ideas. But uh, remember, it's the author's work. Um, and you're just giving a response as one reader because other people might have actually liked that bit. So it's a bit brief. It's positive. It identifies something. But I think we could make a little bit more of it. So if everybody who was listening now, if you all went on to and in order to do this, um, if you scroll to the very top, you can see where it says listeners posts. Click on that and it gets you into the various blogs. And if everybody left one or two comments, then um, that would be fantastic to get this uh, discussion going, really, between the author uh, and the readers. And while that is going on, I think, Russell, we could crack on into Kieran's interview. It's always. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That was amazing, Kieran, because <laughs> it is always a privilege to hear an author read his or her work. I think there's just something special. The words jump off the page. 
Um, Thank you. Beautiful extract. I'm not familiar with the, the the whole story, I suspect, but I I now want to know more. It's just divine. How oh, brilliant! Um, what was the inspiration? Where did you get the idea from for this? Uh, so uh, I've always been a fan of fantasy books. Um, the first book I wrote ended up being a, a historical novel set in Victorian London. I really wanted to kind of get back to my favourite genre and, and write some fantasy books of my own, uh, but I, I couldn't think of an idea. I was trying lots of different things. They weren't really working. And then uh, I love drawing and, and uh, I'm a compulsive doodler. So I was flicking through some of my old sketchbooks and I noticed that every now and then throughout the years, I'd drawn the same kind of thing. I'd drawn pictures of rabbits, but with uh, swords and, and spears and armor. And it made me think, oh, this is maybe something kind of trapped inside my head trying to get out. So I sat down and I started to build um, a fancy world where just rabbits lived. And um, when I was younger, I used to live in the countryside. So... I used to walk past all these warrens. I always wondered what was going on inside the rabbit warrens, thinking there could be kind of towns and villages and cities in there. So I kind of made up all these tribes and then um, put together a story in this rabbit world. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, I'm asking lots of our guests now about their notebook. You've already told me there's some certain some sketches in there, and that would have been one of my questions. Is it just words? They're clearly not, because there are some observations in there. How long have you had the notebook? And is it something that you carry around with you always? And what are the things you write in there, please? Um, well, so because I, I'm, I'm, I'm like an artist as well, I love drawing. So I have, I have sketchbooks for that for all my doodles. And then I do have a, a massive pile of notebooks, um, and I have I kind of I have one for each book I'm working on or series of books, um, and then I also have because um, the Five Realms series is set in a fantasy world. There's a lot of background that has to go into that, so I have what I call like my Bible of the, of the Five Realms, and that's just for putting background stuff that I think of for the world. And then um, I do tend to carry one when I go out somewhere, um, just for jotting down ideas or if I see something or spot something that really inspires me, I'll write it down. I also have um, like an app on my phone, which lets me uh, take notes, but also take photographs and, and little bits of video and things. So I'm always walking around kind of looking out for things to collect little ideas and bits of inspiration, especially where uh, my books, uh, they take place in, in, in kind of the natural world. So whenever I'm out in the countryside, I might see, um, you know, a nice bit of lichen or something or, or a bird I haven't seen before. And I, I take a snap of that and it all goes in into my digital notebook as well i think that's stunning i think you're the first author i've spoken to has a digital notebook most of which um have got a plump for the traditional um kind of analog method i love the way you've got video in there as well uh, and that's just fascinating kieran and a stunning experience i'm so grateful that you've been able to spend some time with us and thank you so much for your reading it was absolutely gorgeous kieran oh, Larwood, ladies and gentlemen just an amazing there thanks for joining us thank you very much thank you bye this is radioblogging.net, broadcasting live across the planet. Okay, well, um, that, that was a real treat. And it was interesting, um, Russell, wasn't it, to hear about the notebooks again, because SF Said talked a lot about um, the importance of keeping notebooks. And in school, this is something that we try to encourage. Uh, in talk for writing schools, we call them magpie books. And these are little books where children can jot down ideas, gather vocabulary, make little notes, little reminders, things that they need to remember when they're doing their writing. So all sorts of things go into these, but it is part of 
um, uh, having a part of being a writer, having a place where you store up possibilities, little thoughts. And I think getting into that habit is something that we've been learning over the last couple of weeks. Um, and uh, I've just got a, a few things to say before we go into um, I want to go into news story about Podkin and do that. And then we'll have some shout outs and lead to the last bit. I don't know if any of you saw on Twitter this morning, but there was a short film clip from the BBC of a deputy head who every day takes out, I don't know, a hundred packed lunches. It takes him three hours to walk around the streets and he covers about five miles delivering packed lunches. And it was a lovely clip of him blodding along, dropping them off, excited children at the window, seeing <coughs> their deputy head um, giving him a wave or coming out at a good distance from him and saying thank you. I just thought that was rather moving. It was rather a lovely thing. Um, do go on Kieran's website. There are all sorts of bits and bobs on there, some nice little downloads, activities suggested, etc. And just before we go into new story of Podkin, um, Teddy has let me know that his grandpa is 75 on Monday. He's called John Elkins. And um, whilst they won't be able to actually meet, I'm sure Teddy will be giving his grandpa a phone call. Now, under comment corner, we've got new story of Podkin. And this is a challenge, something that you can do over the weekend. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, if you click on there, you'll see a story map. Now, one of the things on Kieran's website is there's a very short clip which shows how to draw um, a map. And at the beginning of Podkin 1A, one of the things I like is there is a map and you can see where the adventure takes place and follow them on their journey. And um, so I had a go. I watched it and I, I tried out almost exactly what he said. And you can see my story map there. I've got Castle Grey. I've got the Humbry, Goblin Hills. I was making these up. Uh, as I went along and it, that took me about half an hour to draw and then I got some colored crayons out put a little bit of color in uh, etc so the challenge is draw yourself a story mountain if you can watch Kieran talking that through otherwise you just do an outline as I've done let your pencil wander and then very carefully put in some some trees i've got a few to finish coloring in there in gray heart forest i've got some green ones but there's a whole rank of trees there i haven't colored um and put the details in and invent some names now instead of podkin i've called my main character bodkin and this is the start of the story and i put him in snow peak mountain which is right up the top bodkin in gray heart forest it had been a long climb up the snow peak mountain and at last Bodkin had reached the summit. He sat by the cairn at the top of the ridge and stared down the slope towards the distance where he could see Grey Heart Forest. Somewhere in there was his destination, the Stone Tower. Word had reached the Warren that the beekeeper Olafsson was sick and needed the root of hemp's foot. Bodkin had drawn the shortest straw and so it was he who had been sent. Rabbits should be underground digging. Bodkin thought to himself as the sun set, making Greyheart Forest look as if it was on fire. A short way down the slope, he found a small cave that would make an ideal resting point. Bodkin snuggled into his fur-lined cape for the night. He'd learned a trick or two in the mines of Morania and knew a little bit about shape-shifting. Anyone glancing in would have seen a large stone rather than a sleeping rabbit. First thing the next morning, Bodkin woke as daylight slipped in through the cave mouth. 
He could just see the tip of the tower poking above the trees. Quickly, but without rushing, he packed his knapsack and began to trudge down the mountain slope, trying his best not to lose his footing. A moment later, there came a scuffle of stones behind him and a sharp yelp. Bodkin glanced over his shoulder and, to his horror, saw a pair of grey mountain werewolves bounding from rock to rock towards him. He could see their ribs sticking out and their sharp red eyes glaring. Bodkin ran. So what we've got here is the beginning of an adventure story, a journey story. Our main character, Bodkin, has been uh, chosen to take uh, some medicine to Olafsson, and he's on his journey. He's up in the Snow Peak Mountains. He's being chased by the werewolves. He's got to go through Grimheart Forest all the way to Olafsson's Tower, which is, you can see on the map. Now, my challenge to you is create a new story using your story map um, and make it a quest, a journey story. Quests, journey stories often involve taking something from one place to another or going from one place to another to find something. And do you know, when I read that, I spotted two errors towards the end. One is a spelling error and one is where I've said two things close together that don't really seem to go. Did you notice them? I said quickly, but without rushing. And I'm not sure about that. And then just below, but without rushing, there's a spelling mistake. See if you can spot that one. And that's why it's so important that we read our work out aloud um, and edit. So uh, all of these models that I do, I've literally done the night before. So that is my excuse. Um, but it's interesting that you spot the mistakes very often uh, when you reread. So we're nearing the end of the show, um, Russell. And um, if I click on the extension task, I'll explain that and then come back to you. So this is the bit where we set up the next show. Now, the next show is on Tuesday. And <clears throat> on Tuesday, we are going to have Fairy Tale Tuesday, but it will be with a bit of a twist. So we've got Fairy Tale Tuesday. We've got Night Museum Wednesday, Troll Thursday. And on Friday, our guest author is going to be Frank Cotterell Boyce, who wrote Millions Framed and the recent one about a broccoli boy, which is great fun. So what we're doing is we're setting up Tuesday's show and it's another. Um, this is actually not breaking news. It's the six o'clock news. So if you listen to the beginning of the six o'clock news, just just listen into how they set it up. And that will give you some ideas. And what we're doing is we're playing with fairy tales. Now, I've imagined Jack being arrested for attacking the giant. So take another fairy tale and um, uh, create some news around that. Wolf arrested in forest for breaking into grandmother's cottage, that sort of thing. Good evening. This is the six o'clock news with Pi Corbett. Jack Lazyloaf was arrested in a dawn raid on his mother's cottage. He stands accused of damaging the giant beanstalk by cutting it to the ground. Furthermore, he is accused of robbing the giant's castle, stealing the hen that lays golden eggs, a magical person, a speaking harp. Evidence has been found that shows how Jack has been using golden eggs to raise money to fund his lavish lifestyle. The commander of Toy Town Police stated that Jack was in the frame for causing grievous bodily harm to the giant. His mother told the six o'clock news that Jack was a lovely boy and wouldn't hurt a flea. 
So your challenge is to create breaking news, playing around with a fairy tale that you know. And then if you go right down towards the bottom of the page, you can see the Padlet where you can record your uh, six o'clock news and it talks you through how to do that. And we will have a look at them over the next four days when you've got them up there. And then we will start the next show as we did today. We'll start the next show with your voice on there. So be brave. We've got more people joining in now. That's fantastic. Be brave. Have a go. But write it first. Edit it. Try reading it aloud to the people at home or in school. They'll be at home, won't you? Because it's the Easter weekend. Try reading it aloud to people at home. And when you're happy, record it. As I read that, I spotted a couple of things I need to tweak. One of them was an apostrophe. They're so easy to lose those apostrophes. So, Russell, uh, I think we've got almost to the end, haven't we? I think we have. It's been another stonkingly brilliant show. Uh, Join us next week, listeners, when we will have the next episode of Gerald the Mouse. And who knows where the story is going to end. Ian, do you have any other shout outs for us before we end? (laughs) Yes, Russell, thank you so much indeed. Um, so we've got a shout out this morning for Neve. We've got Mrs. McCalmont, Sachin, Eva, Mrs. Murrin, Natalie. Isla, Devon Misty, returning listeners, Josie Jenny, uh, as well as uh, Bethany, all people who've left fantastic comments in the time that we have been on air. Also had a lovely email from Claire. Claire Kilgore is a a regular listener and uh, she's taken a a really lovely slant and produced some uh, an alphabetic piece of writing for us, which I'm going to go through now. Podkin is a an awesome rabbit, brave rabbit, careful rabbit, daring rabbit, an elegant rabbit, fearless rabbit, great rabbit, a happy rabbit, incredible rabbit, joyous rabbit, kind rabbit, lovely rabbit, marvelous rabbit, nauseous rabbit, an odd rabbit, perfect rabbit, quiet rabbit, ravenous rabbit, silent rabbit, a tiny rabbit, unforgiving rabbit, valiant rabbit, willing rabbit, xenophilus rabbit, young rabbit, zoophagus rabbit. Easy for me to say. Russell, back to you. Apparently it wasn't easy for you to say, uh, Mr Rocky at all. Thank you so much for that. Uh, BBC Radio Wiltshire have just tweeted, I love this as well, I have to mention this to you listeners, it's been a very special week for us here at radioblogging.net. Our Mr Rocky was uh, no stranger to the channel at all, BBC Radio, which he's often on there, does the papers in the morning with Ben Prater and his own broadcasting a little bit there as well. So BBC Wiltshire have just tweeted a photograph of the flapjack that the uh, family Rocky made this week and submitted it and he won uh, for his day as well so congratulations mr rocky really good uh, indeed for that it was really good uh, what did the flapjack taste like it actually it was surprisingly moist <laughs> i was expecting flapjacks my history of flapjack making has, has been a bit hit and miss my wife is a, is a brilliant brilliant baker and a brilliant cook uh, my history of baking is is a bit up and down but actually i was quite pleased with this with a little bit of of chocolate um garnish as well a, a you know a bit of a, a chocolate over the top just kind of gave it that extra something i think plus of course it had the uh, the flapjack aerial going into it at the side so i think you know that's that's what got us there in the end but it was good fun and um our colleagues at bbc watch are always very very welcoming and very kind and it was very tasty thank you very much it's gone so it, it can't have been that bad it couldn't have done it indeed and we've submitted our show up to the bbc sounds uh, a brilliant community uh, project for them as well so you may well be hearing excerpts from this show let's hope they choose the best bits 
and <laughs> some really good bits from us today uh, to broadcast to the families and friends in Wiltshire area there as well. Uh, David, finally from you, what should folks be doing on the site over the weekend, please? Well, there's so much to do on the site. We always want comments. So it's one thing if you're thinking, oh, what shall I do? Go and leave some comments. Go to that tag cloud. Another way to look at posts from across the three weeks nearly we've been doing this is to go to the tag cloud, find somebody's name, uh, go and visit and use the one, two, three and leave some comments. You can always, if you've got your own ideas for your own stories, go back to one of those forms that you've been using, the breaking news one, and come up with your own title and write whatever you'd like to write about. Remember, these will be checked first so you can get your imaginations running wild with your own story uh, around Gerald the mouse or whatever it might be um, this weekend. But yes, keep busy on there. Comments are always great. We've had a smashing show today. Uh, really enjoying it. And the globe again is on fire. Um, just keep an eye on that as well. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a great show, hasn't it, Russell? Brilliant. I have enjoyed it as well. It's been really good. Uh, a very happy Easter to you, whatever you're doing this weekend. Uh, from all of us, Pi Corbett, Deputy Mitchell, Ian Rocky, and myself, stay safe and have a really pleasant weekend. The weather looks good uh, across most of the UK, so enjoy yourselves and stay safe. We are back here again on Tuesday in just a few minutes you'll be able to listen to the whole show if you missed any of it some of our servers report some difficulty in reaching some areas of the UK so I think our service dropped out let's hope they dropped out and some of the interesting bits there but um, don't worry about that the whole show will be up available very shortly for you to listen to again and then packaged up so you can go through all of the exercises that we've brought to you today once more don't forget Ian and I are back on Sunday if we're allowed and we will have a brilliant show for you smooth tunes on easter sunday for the moment thank you so much for uh, listening to us and we'll catch you on tuesday yo yo what up this is lunch money lewis hey i'm john newman hey what's up this is fergie ferg a children's radio blogging show broadcast into homes and schools across the world join pi corbett russell prue ian rocky and david mitchell live each weekday at 9 30 a.m online radio live blogging this is radioblogging.net